Good morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening. My name is Ethan. And my name is Mitch. And welcome to the next episode of Two Sorta Christian Almost Teachers Discuss Religion. Today, we'll be talking about the role of religion in schools. This is actually the first episode, Mitch, but... So here's the agenda for this podcast. First, we're going to be talking about the bylaws on the role of religion in the state of Kansas. And then Mitch and I are going to discuss how teachers can apply these bylaws and really make sure that they understand um, how this relates to their specific content areas. Mitch is a mathematician. I'm a musician. So yeah. So the state of Kansas defines the role of religion in schools through House Bill number. 2248 section 4 Mitch and I are each going to paraphrase the components of this bill all right so the first component of this bill states that a school district shall not discriminate against any student on the basis of a religious viewpoint or religious expression a school shall treat a student's voluntary expression of religious of a religious viewpoint the same way as any other viewpoint and shall not discriminate based on a viewpoint expressed by a student on an otherwise permissible subject Section B, a student may express their beliefs about religion in any coursework, artwork, or other written or oral assignment free from discrimination. All assignments shall be judged by ordinary academic standards of substance and relevance to the course, curriculum, or requirements of the coursework, artwork, or other assignment. A student shall not be penalized or rewarded on the basis of religious content or a religious viewpoint. Section C states that students may pray or engage in religious activities or other religious expression, organize prayer groups, religious clubs, or other religious gatherings, and need to be provided with equal access to school facilities to the same extent that non-religious activities are permitted. Schools must advertise these religious groups the same as non-religious groups, and students can wear religious clothing or that which displays religious messages to the same extent that students can wear non-religious clothing and clothing with non-religious messages. Section D, the Board of Education of each school district shall establish a limited public forum for student speakers at all school events at which a student is to publicly speak. Each school district shall be required to A, provide the limited forum in a manner that does not discriminate against a student's voluntary expression of a religious viewpoint, if any, on any otherwise permissible subject, B, provide a method based on neutral criteria for the selection of student speakers at school events and graduation ceremonies. C, ensure that a student speaker does not engage in obscene, vulgar, offensively lewd, or indecent speech. And D, state in writing, orally, or both that the student's speech does not reflect the endorsement, sponsorship, position, or expression of the school district. Mitch, do you have any opinions on these bylaws? Yeah, as we were reading through them, but something that really stuck out to me was uh, Section C, that section about um, 
uh, prayer groups, religious groups, and religious clothing. Uh, what specifically stuck out to me was actually the religious clothing with uh, religious messages. Because I was wondering, this law seems very um, subjective into where, what if a student is wearing a shirt that says, like, Satan was right? Well, that's uh, a support of their expression of their religion, which could be Satanism, but it could also be viewed as an attack on the Christian religion. So how does a teacher address that? Because say you have a Christian teacher, and this teacher um, sees a student wearing a shirt and says, Satan was right. Well, they're probably going to be more predisposed to say that's an offensive message than if, say, there was a kid who came up with a shirt that said, all those who do not bow before our Lord Jesus will burn. Because that's a message that's more in line with their beliefs. So how does a teacher make sure to keep that neutral perspective and truly be fair with this law when it's so not cut and dry? Yeah, I think teachers and schools need to make sure that students are wearing shirts that promote, like they could promote their own religion, but they can't make negative light out of something, someone else's beliefs. So as long as things are painted in a positive light, I feel like, uh, I feel like things are good to go. So, Ethan, what were your thoughts on these uh, bylaws? Yeah, I think these bylaws do a really good job of um, giving religion the same platform that any other activity or belief would get in the state of Kansas. Um, it doesn't give any preferential treatment to, say, Christian schools or Christian-based thought, um, but it also doesn't take away from any other thought process that others might believe. So I think they do a really good job of making things fair and equitable throughout the state. That's a great point, but I feel like we're Kansas is such a traditional, like traditionally Christian with a rich Christian background uh, state, and I think it's important that we continue to focus on pushing these bylaws to be more forward-thinking as the world develops, and we don't just let it become complacent in where it is, because that's how we ended up with these terrible like policies towards religion back. Um, like just a few years ago because we weren't pushing forward with our laws. So I think Kansas needs to keep fighting to maintain a modern perspective on religion in schools. Yeah, I can agree with that. The state always should be looking to find a balance between the traditional rural small schools that are in very religiously based communities and those those larger districts like Shawnee Mission or Wichita or Olathe that have a much more diverse population of students and teachers and faculty throughout. So so my content area is primarily based in music, and the biggest area where we run into trouble religiously with music is programming. Um, it's very easy to, you know, program traditional, especially this time of year, program traditional Christmas tunes um, as part of your concerts and holiday celebrations. But um, we have to, as teachers, really think about our audience and what those kinds of tunes mean to the community. If we're in a predominantly religious community, it would be okay to have a few um, religious tunes as part of your Christmas program, but we have to balance them out with some non-religious tunes, maybe a fun tune like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or something along those lines. So it, just like we were talking about with the bylaws, the biggest thing here is balance. It's okay to include a little bit of religion here. It's okay to include some non-religion here, but we have to give every, every aspect of that the same... Um, the same amount of time on the stage, the same amount of significance, and we cannot put any of those above the other, and we cannot use it as a platform to promote our own beliefs. So, 
So one of the things you talked a lot about during your music content area is focusing on programming and finding that balance between music, like re- religious music and non-religious music. You said specifically like Christian music versus, you know, maybe Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Something I was wondering is what are your thoughts on balancing out that Christian music with other religious music from a different religion, like say maybe Buddhist music during your winter holiday concert? Right. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, it's just the same part of balance. You Obviously, if you're in a community where there is not a predominant religious domination denomination, um, you want to make sure you represent the community as a whole. So maybe you have a, a Christian Christmas tune and then you have a Jewish Christmas tune, a Jewish holiday tune, um, or you can balance that out with non-religious music like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Jingle Bells or something. But you have to make sure everybody has a piece of pie at the table when they come there. If it's all just pumpkin pie and somebody's allergic to pumpkin, they don't feel like they're welcome. Yeah, that's a great point. But a a point I would like to add is even if you're in a community that might not have one predominant religion, I think it's really important that you still, you know, introduce these students to other cultures. Like you use that pumpkin pie analogy and that's great. But what if, you know, students never had apple pie? You got to have apple pie at the table too so they can also try that. So even if you might not have a large Jewish population, what are your thoughts on still trying to include that religion's music just to have the students experience a wider variety of cultures? Oh, you should definitely, we should definitely be exposing students to new cultures. It's a great way, music is a great tool to um, teach culture and teach about others, especially. So if, you know, we did learn a Jewish Hanukkah tune over as part of our Christmas holiday, it's not necessarily being viewed as indoctrination, but as an educational tool and something you can talk about on at your concert and just tell your parents what we're learning and how it applies to what um, what they're learning in, say, social studies class. So when we're talking about math, which is my content area, the way you have to view religion in that is very different than you do in music because in music it really comes down to, as Ethan mentioned earlier, programming. And in math it's kind of similar but also a little bit different. Religion doesn't play a huge role in mathematics, but you do have to be careful when you're programming or creating your worksheets or your lessons to be careful that like when you're giving a, a math example or a word problem in a real world context, you're not basing it around religion, such as like if the church has this much capacity and there's this many people, what percentage of the capacity is there? You can't do that. Or, you know, talking about the feeding of the hungry where Jesus multiplied those fish in the Christian Bible. You know, you can't have a problem based around that. Or say you have a, um, you're making winter themed activities. You can, you can have winter themed activities, you know, Frosty the Snowman, you know, creating a snowflake, anything like that. But you couldn't have your winter themed activity be about the birth of Jesus or anything Christmassy specifically. So one of the best ways, in my opinion, to work re- work with religion in the math classroom is to sort of almost just avoid it. Just be careful to when you're looking at or taking a worksheet from online, creating a word problem or an activity in class. Just be careful. Is, is this in any way based in religion? And just take that out. Because unlike with programming and music, you can't really try to find that balance between the two. Yeah, so I think you do a really good job of explaining kind of how you feel the role of religion in the math class. If we step away from religion for a second, how do you how do you make sure that there's no discrimination or harsh feelings at all in a math problem? How do you keep it open and positive? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, something I know a lot of teachers, not a lot of teachers, but 
something you struggle with is a lot of times you're just pulling worksheets from online somewhere. And if you're not careful and you don't like really focus on those problems, sometimes you might pull a worksheet that has some, you know, insensitive undertones. I remember I read an article a while back about this one teacher who was teaching like a middle school classroom and it was a fill in the blank worksheet, like, you know, a word box and you like to fill the correct verbs into a sentence. And, but it had a lot of really racist undertones towards Native American populations. And she hadn't read through it and that wasn't what she believed, but I think it's just really important that you're super careful when writing problems or pulling problems from online, that you read through everything and you don't get so laser focused on your specific content and making sure that the problems are appropriate, you also have to make sure the context that they're put in is appropriate. So now it's time for some final thoughts. Um, we've made a lot of really good points, and I think it's really important that teachers themselves read and understand those bylaws and just make mental notes or paper notes about how you think that applies specifically to your content area. And as, as I've harped on a lot, I think the biggest thing is balance, making sure that if you take a piece of um, if you take a piece of the Jewish religion and use that in your music, then you should take a piece of Buddhism and put a little bit of that in your programming and just really pull from all aspects and use it as a tool to not indoctrinate your students but advance their understanding of the world. Yeah, I really like what you said there, Ethan. Most specifically about balance and making sure that you don't indoctrinate because it's something that could really come across in a negative way if you don't do it right because just because you're focusing on that balance a lot of teachers especially in the state of Kansas where we have that rich Christian background as we've talked about um, a lot of teachers might view you playing holiday music from a different culture like say Jewish music on your Christmas concert or your winter concert as a form of indoctrination so it's super important that you do it in the right way and you're super transparent not only with your, your fellow members of your school board and the school you work at, but also with your students and their parents as to what you're doing and why you're doing it and make sure it's clearly focused on an educational approach because we want to enhance students' learning and, as you said, advance their appreciation of other cultures and religions. And a great way to do that is through holiday music or other forms in this classroom, but it's important that we don't let it look like indoctrination. All right, and it's been Mitch. And Ethan. Back at it with another episode of Two, Two Sorta, Sorta Christian, Christian Almost Teachers Discuss Religion. We'll see you next week.